Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 85 is entitled The Stories of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 8, 1 through 15. We offer a weekly podcast, Monday through Friday. Each Friday we discuss the New Testament, King James Version. We are now on Matthew chapter 8, the Sermon on the Mount, just concluded. From the beginning of Christ's ministry, after his baptism by John, after his sojourn in the wilderness, and after calling his twelve disciples, Christ performed miracles. In Matthew 4 we are told, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. After that he was often followed by multitudes. Miracles from the beginning marked his ministry. They were prophesied hundreds of years before his birth. In Isaiah 35 we read, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. Isaiah is also alluded to in Matthew 7 that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Notice that Matthew didn't use the words heal our infirmities and heal our sicknesses. He said, He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That means that Jesus himself felt exactly what we feel. There is no suffering that he did not himself suffer. That is the greatness of the atonement. He has compassion and empathy for us because he knows exactly what we are going through, no matter how harsh, whether the suffering is temporal or spiritual, physical or emotional, deserved or undeserved, life or death. Healing, of course, has multiple meanings. The scriptures tell us, He healeth the broken in heart, Psalms 147.3. With his stripes we are healed, Isaiah 53.5. Son of Righteousness, arise with healing in his wings. Malachi 4.2 Jesus, healing all manner of sicknesses. Matthew 4.23 He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Luke 4.18 Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Acts 10.38 Leaves were for the healing of the nations. Revelation 22.2 Christ understood suffering or else he could not have empathy for us. That was part of his atonement. Everything we suffer, he suffered, even temptation. They pierced my hands and my feet. Psalms 22.16 I gave my back to the smiters. Isaiah 56 For thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Jeremiah 15.15 it behooved Christ to suffer. Luke twenty four forty six. 
showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer. Acts 3.18 If so be that we suffer with him. Romans 8.17 Sufferings of Christ abound in us. 2 Corinthians 1.5 Ye are partakers of the sufferings. 2 Corinthians 1.7 He himself hath suffered being tempted. Hebrews 2.18 Learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Hebrews 5.8 Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. Hebrew 11.25 Ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. 1 Peter 4.13 Thou shalt suffer. I will give thee a crown of life. Revelation 2.10. That is one of the great mysteries that Christ, being entirely innocent, was able to suffer for our sins. It wasn't just the cross where he shed blood for us. It was also in Gethsemane. We are told in Luke. Luke 22.41-44. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. All Christians, regardless of denomination, share significant common beliefs, such as the belief that Christ died for our sins. That statement has a very deep meaning. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also hath suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. In that verse, we learn that Christ was perfect. He obeyed the law of justice, meaning he obeyed the Father perfectly. We also learned that the purpose of his suffering was to bring us back into the presence of God. To do that, we must be sanctified and cleansed from all sin, an atonement that only Christ could make. We also learned that though he suffered physical death, he was quickened. Quickened means that he was resurrected. He brought about the resurrection of all mankind. Most of the misery in the world is caused by sin, either our own sins or the sins of others. All sin has consequences, and none of them are pleasant. The millennium will occur because of the absence of sin. At the second coming of Christ, the wicked will be destroyed. In 2 Peter we read, Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. In Matthew 7, the healings are specific to the individual. But each is a type or classification that represents many healings. Let's see what we learn about Christ from each healing. Let's examine first the leper. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will, be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus saith unto him, See that thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. 
As a missionary in India, I confronted leprosy for the first time. It is a horrible disease causing immense suffering and deformation of the flesh. Before, to me, leprosy was an abstraction, an ancient disease. Because there was no cure for leprosy in ancient times, lepers were untouchables, outcasts. They had to live outside the city and depend entirely upon charity. People were afraid of lepers, and one can only imagine the torment the leper must have felt for being a pariah simply for being ill. But for Christ, no one was untouchable. It is significant that the leper is the first to be healed, for Christ had to break down all barriers. Christ touched the leper, which was against Jewish law. Breaking Jewish law was a precedent Christ set early on, and it eventually brought about his crucifixion. First of all, according to Jewish law, he should not have even approached the leper. That would ostensibly make him a carrier, thus he would be unclean. Secondly, there was no cure but death. And finally, the imagery surrounding the leprosy is comparable to the atonement. Jesus said to the leper, Be thou clean. Jesus cleansed the leper, meaning he not only healed the leper's infirmity, but he also forgave him his sins. All the healings of Christ typify being cleansed from sin. Though it was not always stated, every time Christ healed a person, that individual was simultaneously cleansed from sin, or they couldn't be healed. In Matthew 9 we read, And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. The joy of those who were healed by Christ was not just in the physical cleansing, but also in the spiritual cleansing. The leper was charged to show himself to the priest. Another healing was the servant sick of the palsy. Palsy was a form of paralysis, another disease impossible to cure. But this second healing had additional circumstances. The victim was a servant of a Roman centurion. It was the centurion, however, who approached Christ on behalf of his servant. A centurion, hated by the Jews for obvious reasons, was a commander of a hundred heavily armed infantrymen, a frightful sight who probably often bullied the proud Jews. This is a story of extraordinary faith, not of the chosen, but of a Roman soldier. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. Clearly, the Roman centurion was a compassionate man who loved his servant. He said he was grievously tormented. 
Perhaps it was the servant who believed in Christ, and the Roman believed the words of the servant. We don't know the details, but a strange thing happened. When Christ himself, the Redeemer of the entire world, offered to come to the soldier's home, the soldier recognized his own unworthiness. That was not a show of humility the Jews were used to from a Roman centurion. And then the centurion said even a stranger thing. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. That is an act of incredible faith. The centurion clearly believed in the power of Christ to heal. He is the first recorded Gentile convert. Christ is astonished. Matthew records, he marveled. Then he made a statement that must have infuriated the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. That is the first recorded instance where Christ declares that the gospel will be preached to the Gentiles. He said, Many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham. Then he added salt when he said, The children of the kingdom shall be cast out. Christ was bold, and we see that from the very beginning of his ministry. He began to build high-powered enemies. But we also learn another lesson which will be often repeated. Christ could not heal others if they had no faith. The centurion, though a Gentile, had sufficient faith that Christ could heal the servant, whom Christ did not know and probably would never meet, merely by speaking a word. Faith in Christ is the first principle of the gospel and primary to our salvation. If Christ overrode our faith, he would destroy agency. If he destroyed agency, he would destroy the entire plan of salvation, voiding his ministry. It is God who gave us agency, and it is God who protects our agency, even if we use it to self-destruct. The next healing is closer to home. He heals the Apostle Peter's mother-in-law, who has a fever, possibly malaria carried by the mosquito. Though not as serious as the one stricken with leprosy or the one stricken with palsy, it is apparent that hers is serious because she is bedridden which means she has a very high temperature. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever, and he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. She immediately gets out of bed and starts serving others. That is a touching story. Christ heals her, and immediately she ministers to the other children of Christ. We know that countless people were healed, so we have to ask why the scriptures highlight only a few. In keeping with the scriptures, it is because they carry lessons for everyone. The great lesson learned from Peter's mother-in-law is the importance of being ministers for Christ in serving others in whatsoever capacity that is good. The pattern set by Peter's mother-in-law is a pattern for all of us. It satisfies the second great commandment, love one another even as Christ has loved us.
Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.